minute, crossfade. The Daily Talk Show. A conversation sometimes worth recording with Josh Jansen and Tommy Jacket. 105 of The Daily Talk Show. What's up, guys? It's, um, it's Monday, Queen's birthday. Yeah. Most, most parts of Australia. <laughs> I just didn't even think about the part where it's the Queen's birthday because I actually don't know if it is the no, Queen's legit birthday. No. It no. feels like a Sunday here in Melbourne. Yeah. There's a great vibe. It is. Uh, where have you been? Vibe. Uh, I've been at home. <laughs> but just driving, you tell people are just loving the weekend. I went out for a coffee this morning and there's a lot, of, lot more people out mm-hmm. than even on a Sunday. Yeah. So we, it's like, it feels like people are just... Just lapping it up. We went to um, Cheerios Cafe just on uh, Lennox Street. Oh, you really ventured off your norm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tommy's saying that because I go there a little bit. Is that you what go I'm every day. That's just, Actually, it's a Monday, so I guess it is your routine. Yeah, but we sat down, had a br- had brunch. Yeah. We got one side of um, halloumi and bacon to share. Bree and I both got the same thing. Okay. So, we got avocado, like toast, and then we said, can we get one side? Mm. And they ended up screwing up and giving us both bacon and halloumi. Oh, well, you know you're not paying for that. Yeah. So, you were bloody yeah, it was great. very yeah, happy. They, yeah, they seen, it was almost like a bit of a treat. They said, ah, oh, the chef chef got it wrong. Enjoy. But that, that's a lot of halloumi for one guy. <laughs> yeah. Did you get my what I said to you or did you hear what I said to you when I spoke no, to you? No, what did you say? I said, oh, you're out spending more than you need on something you don't probably need. <laughs> About the breakfast, isn't it ridiculous? The cost of breakfast. Yeah. How, I mean, much, how much did you spend? Let me guess. Fifty-two dollars fifty. I think it was fifty-three bucks. <gasps> you're pretty. You're pretty close. But I don't know. I think that it's um, it's the equivalent of. I mean, what do you what do you, what would you pay in car repayments on your car? Oh, I don't know. Three hundred bucks a month. Okay. So, like, because it's all relative, right? But that's so functional like, for daily but, use. But the thing is, this is my thing on, like, the... Because I feel like there's a war on brunch that's happening <laughs> or a war on coffee. It's like, yeah, I I have spent less than $50 in my t- entire life on alcohol. Yeah, And yeah, that's yeah. including, like... that's. I'm just saying 50 bucks because I'm sure I've shouted mm. something in some weird way where I've mm. bought alcohol, but I've never bought alcohol. Mm. So when you don't oh, have the, the markup is ridiculous. I guess that I'm not even because I do it too, right? Yeah. I buy breakfast out, uh-huh. so I'm I'm you're part of the problem. Yeah. I just don't think it's. A, but I reckon I think that you get caught up in the uh, hyperbole that is the reason that we can't buy a house is because of avocado or this As is going to. I reckon I'm far against that. I reckon plenty of people got, are buying houses. Um, the whole point of being in debt is that you're taking someone else's money that you don't have. Yeah. Maybe the person bringing in a two hundred thousand dollars savings uh-huh. to lower their mortgage is the person that probably doesn't buy avocado and toast. But well, I just think it's all these choices. I reckon, like we, are, uh, yeah, I don't think that you. I think that there's a an assumption that if you eat out and you spend money out, yeah, that you're somehow financially irresponsible. Yeah, um, I, I think there is elements of it. Mm-hmm. I think you're not a part of it. Yeah. Well, it's just like you just pick your battle. Like you just pick your battles. Yeah. You spend on some things. That, and so, Bree and I don't go out. Like we don't like um, in the sense of it's not like we – like where I find that you'd spend so much money is in like the shouting culture of going out and getting drinks for people and shit like that. Yeah. Like I feel like if I was playing that game, I would be way over – 
paying than what I should. Because <laughs> you're generous. Well, because I just naturally do you. that. And then I'm sure it would just be, before you know it, I'd be spending a lot of money. Yeah. I spoke to a mate the other night. He dropped $1,000 out. Yeah, it's crazy. So that's the thing. <laughs> like, this is the thing. Like, I mean, we have, it's just about pr- prioritization. Yeah. Bree and I have an i30 that's through the company that we spent 15 grand on. Yeah. So it's like we, and it's, so everyone's got their different priorities, right? Mm. And I think um, for me, stuff like coffee, like you just do the math. Even Barefoot talks about it, Scott Pape. It's like you are not going to become super rich just by cutting out your latte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, I think there's I think there's habits and mindsets around it that are unique to the individual, mm-hmm. meaning some people who are going out five days a week for breakfast uh-huh legitimately can't afford it that's yeah. an individual case though yeah but maybe you can maybe you can drink coffee well, yeah i think that yeah there's definitely there, there's there would be people who are living beyond their means so i think people. i think that you'd probably if you buy a really expensive car if you were to buy a tesla before you were to buy a house <laughs> maybe you have it the wrong way around but, but then, maybe your priorities are yeah but maybe that's a, maybe you sleep in the tesla no but the thing is that you might actually um yeah, yeah. There's so many factors. Like yeah. some people won't, some people don't see the end game as owning a house, mm. which is an, another part. Like I, there's people I follow online who have a super successful business and they just um, lease like Airbnbs and stuff, and they go like so they'll spend, you know, a month in Italy, then they'll go off and they'll yeah. go to South Africa. They go to all these different places. So once you got two properties, there's probably not much chance of you doing that. Yeah. Because people are stretching themselves to get a property. But that's a nice lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Yeah. But, but it has I, to be in alignment with... It's like what we talk about fitness mm-hmm. um, work, regimes. They, mm-hmm. they have to be tailored directly to you and your goals. And if And if that is this person's goals of, I want to be able to live remotely... Yeah. Wherever I want for a month or three. Then it's aligned with then, what they want to do. Then it's in alignment. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Uh-huh. I got a, you know, we spent 10 bucks on coffee this morning anyway, so. Yeah. I mean, I, it's just never, um, it's interesting. Like you and I talk about it a bit, this idea of, you know, how you look at money. And I, I definitely have been of the school of if you, if you hold it on too tightly, mm then you're probably too focused on your grip and not enough time on experiencing life. Or it's that idea of if you hold it so tightly or if you value, if you put it up so high, it's going to own you. It's going to mm. become such a, every th- conversation is going to be about money. Yeah. Well, I think there's things in life like children that add new elements mm-hmm. to the way you look at money. And it's, you know, thinking like you and I talked about, putting money away for Bodhi. If uh-huh. you could put a hundred bucks a week away for the next 10, 15 years, yeah. he'd be, he'd have a nice little amount of money that would be generating some good interest yeah. that would keep going. And that's like, and that's the thing with kids and all that sort of thing. It's like part of the reason that Bree and I haven't got kids is because we don't really think that we, could afford like we could do it in a way where it wasn't super stressful and a massive impact on the things that we want to do as well i think it's one way to look at it because i don't think it is the 
the truth because my dad mm-hmm. lost a hundred thousand dollars yeah when we were young kids mm-hmm. in a business that went pear shaped yeah and he was sending us to private schooling yeah and he's lucky that he didn't lose our house and everything that he had but the thing I reckon the thing is then then it's this it's a shift though that if you're making that choice mm. it's this ownership of choice and so it's not the I can't afford X or I can't afford Y. It's I don't want this or I don't want, I, I choose not to have this mm. because I'm choosing this other thing. But you stretch. And so my dad had to stretch himself to then make it work because yeah. it, it was the reality that he was in. Yeah. And it's like Amy and I, we're stretching ourselves for something that we can't, can't just handball off Bodhi. Yeah. I mean, you could if you're a real piece of shit. <laughs> But we're not going to and we're making it work. In reality, Amy and I could be living in Bondi with the amount we're spending in a two-bedroom looking out over the water, 900 bucks a week, Does paying that, 900 bucks rent. Do you have moments of thinking like where you think about that reality and you think about your choices or is it when you have is a kid – because it feels like the kids are those sort of sacred sort of area where mm. it's like – once you once you've done it, yeah, it's a done deal. So yeah, I think um, bio, biologically, I I feel like I I say these things to you like the Bondi, mm. Mm. but in reality, it's it's not really inside me. Yeah, the feeling that like oh this like oh I could have had that. Mm-hmm. Maybe for some people, I don't know, I don't feel it at all. You see this, you see the kid smile. But do you reckon ju- that's just, part, Do you reckon this is almost part of? Like say the mental health conversation or things like that. Do you think that people aren't willing, like so, what is it called? Postpartum depression or whatever it is, you know, like the depression you can get after having a kid, whatever that's called. Mm -hmm. Do you think that part of the reason that people have that is because they have these feelings Mm -hmm. and there is this rhetoric or this conversation that it's we don't have these, like, oh, you don't think like... Biologically, it doesn't really happen. Like, it's okay I to, to sometimes yeah. think like, you know what? Like, this is to have those thoughts that you have around we could be living in Bondi. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be having it every day because it's not necess- from a mindset point of view. It's, yeah. it, it's probably not great for you. Having a kid, you're thrusted into this life that is brand new. So, it's like already capacity stretching yeah. in a massive way. Mm-hmm. And for women, dude... What Amy went through and yeah. what women go through, like it, it is, it shakes up your body yeah. and your mental. Like, imagine you're drained of so many of your um, natural chemicals that you were creating. Yeah, I can relate. I had seven hours sleep the other day. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, was, I mean you can relate. You had an epidural. <laughs> yeah, I've had an epidural. Yeah, and it's a my, full-on thing. Yeah. But then I didn't have something come out the I mean, size hey, of you, a bowling ball. You would have gone to the out. toilet up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but. Yeah. Well, so my, the point around people feeling depressed, for one, there's a chemical issue there. But for two, Amy was very sad. Yeah. Like there's a, it's a there's this <laughs> it's a reality check almost. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. But I think you get through it, and it's like. But is that is a do light. I look at that too practically then? Because I see I think that you'd look at I, I see all of this stuff, and I'm like, like yeah, this is, and that's not a reason not to do stuff. But I yeah. look at the, I think I put so much weight on having kids mm. 
and it's not even a selfish thing. It's a thing of wanting to give the best for kids and knowing that the idea of just having a kid and then trying to figure it out, yeah. to me, from from my life and from Bray and I, it's like we don't want to necessarily put that pressure yeah. on you're, our You're family. very analytical on what happens in your head and mm-hmm. I think there is a lot of thought there because I think half of the thing with parenting is you can't be thinking logistically too many too much because it's it doesn't make logistical sense it, to have a kid. Doesn't, having kids yeah. in this day and age uh-huh. is super hard. Like money financially doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like um, on your own time and your own career mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. And but so that's where it's like, but people like my old man mm-hmm. got through losing a hundred grand, sending his kids to private schooling, bringing us up well, still showing us love and all these things. So it's like capacity we talk about that a lot yeah but i think that's the thing whether it's having a kid or whatever it is i think that the the learning is that we are adaptable very adaptable yeah and whatever that it whatever that challenge is we're normally way better probably than what we think to be yeah, able to yeah. take you know we have think. a greater capacity than we feel yeah at any moment, I think, for anything. Uh-huh. Um, funny thing, I was out with um, Jules Lund's wife. Jules is in America raising money for Tribe. Okay, great. Um, raising money for Tribe sounds like it's a charity. Well, <laughs> <It's> almost. <laughs> Got a, a, he's hoping it's a profitable one. Um, but so we're out and um, his wife said, uh, oh, um, when he was just, she was reflecting on Jules working. And yeah. always, you know, being away from work or whatever it be. Mm-hmm. She said, when I was in labor, Jules was on the phone to Josh Jansen. And Amy said, holy shit. <laughs> when my waters broke, Tommy <laughs> was on the phone to Josh Jansen. <laughs> when, when, when Till, when Till our, uh, our mate's wife was in uh, having contractions, I was over at his house collecting a light stand. <laughs> <laughs> I've... Um, Brie and I don't need, need kids. We've got everyone around us having them and we can be part. Does, does Anna remember the conversation? That no, it was because you were working on Fifi and Jules. Yeah. And so there was some. Do you remember it? Oh, no, I do. I, I definitely remember it all sort of happening. I, and I was so... Um, you were getting the social posts ready, yeah. Jules. What would you like it to say? Yeah, definitely. I remember he came on. He was on air, um, you know, between 4 and yeah. 6 p.m. and did a, you know, announced it and all that sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Sad news. Uh, end of last week. It's Monday today. Yeah, Anthony well, Bourdain uh, dying. Yeah. Well, so, so I I heard that. I mean, he's got. I love his shows. Mm. He's such an interesting dude. Great presenter. And I had, hadn't really known much about him. And I saw it come out, and I read the article, and it's like, I saw his age, and I immediately thought he's killed himself. Yeah. Because he's young. He's a young dude. Well, I just thought my first reaction was like an overdose. Actually, I haven't read any articles since. Yeah, I have. So I don't know I don't know much. But the thing I listened to Mark Marin, who has WTF mm. with Mark Marin, the podcast, mm. one of the biggest podcasts in the world. Oh yeah. Um, right. had, he had Obama on, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He had uh, Anthony Bourdain on in twenty eleven. Yeah. He gets rid of all of his older episodes, but he put that one out. Oh, that's nice. Um you know, sort of to celebrate his life. So interesting. I listened to the whole 70 minutes or whatever. Super interesting dude. A guy, you know, Anthony Bourdain is someone who sees himself as having 
had two lives. He was a massive junkie. Mm. Um, and so, he, but he got beyond all of that. So he had, you know, pr- a pretty terrible life. Uh, well, it's this interesting sort of uh, contrast of from a pretty well-off family, mm. but then just sort of in doing the whole sort of chef thing and enjoying the lifestyle that was be- being high and working and all that sort of thing. Amazing. He was a heroin addict as yeah. well at some point. I don't yeah. know how that fits into actually keeping a job. But yeah. Maybe, I mean, there are some functioning heroin addicts. It's so scary. I mean, he's, yeah, he was taken by that and then came back. That's amazing because I never knew that history until recently mm-hmm. about him being a heroin addict. And you see him and he seems like this together, you know, well-spoken you know, driven dude on his shows. Like, I mean, he's yeah. presenting. Well, someone who is, um, I think what I find interesting is that he's a guy who that has been extremely celebrated. Mm. And he's, I think that the, what he represents, I think is a lot of positivity for many people, which is mm. like, you can have all these things happen to you in your life. But there is, you can choose to have a second life. You can choose to whatever's happened to shift and to, and people will, the thing is he he talks about, he's like, I've bankrupted a lot of people who have bought into my shit over the years where it's like, he's like, you know, he would, you know, come into a a restaurant and speak to the owner and say, you know, like, this is what you need to do. And he'll throw out a few French terms to describe the different types of food that he would, he'd make. Mm. And um, he would get the job and he was just like full of shit. He would just, I don't even know if he necessarily knew that he was full of shit. He just, um, he was, he had a real high regard of what he did. Yeah. And the interesting thing is the more successful he's gotten, the more you hear him coming to the realization that none of it really matters. I think you see people like him and then Avicii, Mm-hmm. Who also took his own life, and you see these like it's such a clear thing. Success doesn't determine your happiness. Money doesn't determine your happiness. Like when you see it at that scale, like him, mm. the achievements and the you know internal conquering he's done of demons, yeah, it still isn't enough, right? His friend was on. My dad told me this. His friend he heard them talking on ABC radio. Mm-hmm. It might have been taken from an interview she'd done, and she said, she said. It is a permanent solution to a temporary problem, meaning mm-hmm. taking a life and the way you're feeling right now. And I was like, fuck, it is so true because as much as, you know, depression, you might not get rid of it. That's our doorbell. We've got a guy named Andrew, Bree's friend, picking up some free uh, plates, oh. which if you've ever listened to our episode about Gumtree, you'll know that somehow whenever we give yeah. shit away for free, it becomes a massive ordeal yeah. and we end up putting in way more work. Well, I hope Andrew just takes them and really yeah. gets out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, you know, the te- I think about my, all my friends that have taken their lives and like, yeah. I, I know that they haven't felt that deep sadness at every moment of mm-hmm. every waking minute of their life. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I, I that really rang true for me that, a permanent what about this idea what you know this is a weird area to talk into but what about this idea of diminishing returns like what about if he felt that he's like he'd peaked 
and that all these like yeah. you know and he's in this pain like i think that that's this interesting thing of it's like we're celebrating anthony bourdain now mm-hmm. um and he's you know i guess it's just a really this interesting thing where in his mind he's like okay yeah, I wonder where I wonder where he was from a from a mindset point of view. Can yeah. you? I guess that the the hypothesis is that you have to be completely mentally unstable to do that. But I wonder if I wonder if there was what was the the details of like did they go into it like was not released? Yeah. So I don't like because I, I mean do, that, yeah. would he have would he have practically said it's like okay. I'm looking like I'm 61 years old or whatever it was. Yeah. It's like okay, what's the? Has he looked at the next 20 years? I would I would tend to think that it is not as thought out like that. Yeah. I don't think that you're in fog. Yeah. You're in this this well, is it, foggy existence where mm-hmm. it is the you have to think about it. I think about my mate mm-hmm. who killed himself jumping off a bridge. Yeah, and I I think about the moment I put myself in his shoes. And that's not the dude I know mm. who would converse with me about everything. And, and the, his clarity was not there. Mm-hmm. He was emotionally charged in that moment. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing that scares me most about and, and makes me so sad is listening and I hear, hearing about how someone has done it and thinking about where they were at that moment. Yeah, because it is a, yeah, as you said, it's a, a permanent solution to a temporary problem, and, and is, they think it's the only solution that time. Yeah. And so, I uh, <laughs> I asked Amy. It's I mean, it got me pretty dark. But I said to Amy, "Have you ever thought about killing yourself?" Mm. And it's and it's, and she said, "Yeah." When I was young, mm-hmm. and she went into some details about some stuff. But she said, "I never felt like I would actually do it." Yeah, I think that I've I've used it as a tool to create clarity. I've said, what if it's all over right now? Like, you know, if it was, then it's easier to have the harder conversations, right? But I mean, that's that's pretty clear. I mean, I think that's a... a, a um, it's probably the equivalent of like if I was hit by a bus tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's the same. I think legitimately thinking about it is yeah. different. And I'm, and I'm sure a lot of people... Like I've definitely thought about it, but never... It, it never... Truly, if I f- think about it, being something that I would have done, and it would, and it, and it was only ever at a time where I had so much fogginess about what, who, where I was, where I was going, what I was doing, and it, and it comes from being in pain and feeling like, is there the solution to my pain? Mm. Is that, is this the solution to the pain I'm feeling? Yeah. And so, do you think, do you think it's driven? Is suicide driven by ego? I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't even know where ego fits in in the. Well, equation. ego is, I guess, it's um, it's how we look at ourselves, yeah, our our identity, and it's like it's the point in which the way that I would see suicide is it's the yeah, it's reflecting. It's reflecting on your identity. Well, maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's not even as deep as that. Maybe it's literally like you've got a severe amount of pain inside Mm. of you and this is the, in some regards, it feels like the easiest way. It's a solution to pain. I think that's, I think, you know, shortly summarizing it, 
because if you think about it, that's what people think and yeah. that is the solution yeah to this thing I'm feeling right now because I yeah yeah it's, I mean it's full on yeah the this is like all these sorts of conversations is like the reason why I even think about like the whole kids thing and not having mm. kids like talking I was reading some article the other day where it's like this futurist is saying that there's like a you know eighty percent chance that will the whole world will be finished in like fifty years <laughs> and a ninety nine percent chance that it will be finished in eighty years. <laughs> so I just I feel like sorry for that dude living yeah. in his his mind if well, he we, truly really, believes it. No, but if that is that the um, yeah, like maybe that is the real like I don't know yeah. maybe that is like the reality. Mm. Like how much longer I just have these moments of um, what matters. Like what? Yeah. Well, I look, I look at Bodhi and I and I think about all these things. Mm. And I um and I um I made a video that was of my brother's baby, and it was just about it was like a video for her to her. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, the sort of driving force behind it was me thinking about all of this stuff, mm-hmm. the challenge that um, people face, young kids transitioning, I know for me, into being an adult and how unclear it is and there's no manual about how to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking, you know, in those moments where my friend was about to do it, thinking that no one was there for him or loved him or, or felt, you know, because a lot of people but say... But do you think that that's... Do you well, I really think a lot of people say... I think a lot of people say in their last moments are this will be better for everyone else. And that is a massive amount of uh, fog in their mind because... But do you think that's a reflection on the people around them or the no, internal state? Because that's the it's thing... It's internal state. I think I, it's... I think for the majority of people... And I, I'm talking for the majority... I'm talking... I think more so the people around, people who are unwell, mm-hmm. are, are actually loving them and there for them, and they're going through something internally. And I and sure but you have I'm to sure. accept love. So the thing is, people might be loving them and all that sort of thing, but if it's maybe their ability, like I don't, it's their ability to accept that around it. And if they can't, if they're not, if they don't love themselves, if they can't reconcile that part mm. then it's very hard to let that in from around them mm. there's a type in jordan peterson talking about suicide onto youtube mm-hmm. and you know, he's a clinical psychologist yeah dealt with thousands of people with you know uh, talking about this stuff yeah and he got this and he's reading through this email that he got from a father whose daughter had taken her own life mm-hmm. and he was Jordan was talking and it was so fucking scary because he said there are some instances where there is no helping these people mm. and that's from someone who understands the brain better than <laughs> majority of the population yeah and he said but it doesn't mean that you don't try everything well i think that the the other thing that probably suicide you know thinking about suicide and talking about it does is maybe reflecting on the thing before like we can't control suicide we don't live with you know yes we live with suicide you know people committing suicide but it's the it's the things before it that we can actually can control so it's like 
it's not like people go from happy to suicidal. There's this huge, you just have to go to Flinders Street, McDonald's to see that there are so many people that are struggling. Yeah, but I think the difference in someone who does it, like think about all the homeless people. Yeah. Uh, They're not, like, I don't know how many, what the data is, but they're not killing themselves. It's not necessarily the people who you think are going to do it. And exactly the case in some of the friends that have taken their own lives. I could not fucking believe it. Mm. I could not believe it. Like, the person they were, I never knew they battled that hard. And that was why. And so I've gone there in thinking about somebody and knowing them well and them doing and them actually doing that and thinking about that like it's full on yeah and so when you see someone that you go dude like the conversations we had the bubbly they were mm-hmm. the the happiness they seemed maybe a bit up and down but the hiding of their f- true feelings internal was so good, as in they they do you put think on it's a really a hiding? great front. Like, what do you th- what do you think? No, I mean, it is? they're not. They're not. They're not. The people I'm talking about have weren't seeming really sad and just so down. And so it's not. What I'm saying is that that's not always the way it yeah. shows itself. Well, look at Robin Williams, or you know, oh, there's yeah, lots of yeah. lots of examples. Um. Yeah, it's like I even feel like with my extreme personality that I'd be more predisposed to this sort of stuff. So I try and think about it more and I try and like keep it in check, in, mm. you know, in, in a lot of ways. But um, yeah, it's um, it's difficult. You'd be happy to know that Brie... Brie, did you get rid of the plates? The plates are gone, everyone. Just in case you... Just in case you... We want, we're closing the loop. I'm trying to bring a little bit of... Bit of zing, light, light bit, of, bit of light, light to the shade. I think all this stuff makes you feel, it makes you think about what's important. Mm-hmm. And if I had no business, you know, I didn't have any career, and I had my my wife and my baby, and like that, the where where what brings you joy in life, mm-hmm. and that and that definitely brings me joy, my family, and you know, and so what matters, and and that's what I'm saying. It's like. When something's stressing you out, that's so so irrelevant. I've to definitely the said that picture. to to Bree, where I'm like, you know, I could be. She's standing in the doorway, hit, looking at you I behind be you. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I could be hit by a bus tomorrow, and and that gives a. a uh, you can't pull that card every single time you get yeah. told off for leaving the undies on the ground. Well, there's one thing: if you got hit by a bus tomorrow. You'd stink because your fucking jumper has been on for three, four weeks in a row. It's, it's going well. Bree was still... behind you nodding. <laughs> no, the, it's it's fine. I'm actually going to wash it um, in the next couple of days. Um, but yeah, I, it's, I think it's just it's a moment to reflect. What what do you think that you naturally reflect on in those in these when this news happens? I've been thinking a heap about what what happened. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I'm just. It's, I've, I've thought about this so much with mm-hmm. so many people in my world taking their own lives. It's like. It. it, it what co- are the signs? Are there signs? Not necessarily. My friend who I talked about um, on the bridge, mm-hmm. he messaged me on. It was MySpace then. Yeah. He messaged me on MySpace. No, 
MySpace. No, what was that messaging service? Um, AIM, MSN. MSN. So we, yeah. me and him used to just go hard on MSN. Yeah. And he said to me um, something like, bro, um, you haven't been hanging out with me or something like that. I just remember reading through the logs after he passed away. Mm. And I was like, oh my God. Like you start looking um, retrospectively at any little thing and that's what I mean. Maybe yeah. there's not warning signs. I mean, what did the psychologist, like what did the therapist say? Uh, did you, you saw the therapist after that? Or was no, it before no. that? So never, because like... Uh, not about that specifically. Because you can't like retrospectively look back at these things and say, oh, here, I could have done something here it, it didn't or take, there. It didn't tear me apart, but yeah. I was thinking far out. Like, you know, that's someone who's not a cry for help, but it's like you... There was a disconnect. There was an example of disconnection. Disconnection where I don't know. Now you could message me, bro. You're not answering. Yeah. Fuck off, Josh. Yeah. You're like, but I wouldn't yeah. know, you yeah. know? And so that's what I mean. I don't know if there is. And especially, um, yeah. I mean, you just, I think actively asking someone how they're doing mm. and me, like, I would never have sent that message. I said it on the podcast. I saw that dude who I used to go to the gym with. He was a younger kid. Mm-hmm. And I saw him at an event the other week and he said to me something like, um, I've been at the end or he's like, I've been hanging on or something mm. like that. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. And he said in front of his mum and and, yeah. and, and to me. And so I messaged him and I said, bro, um, so good to see you. Sounds mm. like you've got a really good plan ahead of you. Um, you know, life's hard to navigate. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing well, bro. Just hang in there. Mm. And he wrote back the nicest messages. Thank you so much. It wasn't who this. <laughs> He didn't say who this. He wrote back, thank you so much, man. That means a heap to me. And I was like, that is just something that I picked up on a sign. But how would I have known that unless I've had all these people? Yeah, it's tough. Like it's a way to jolt you into really thinking about how people are communicating to you when it happens to you. Mm. So maybe the thought is just think about friends around you. Ask them. That's those – what's the campaigns around are Are you you okay? okay? It's like – just initiating conversation could jolt someone out of that. Oh my God, this life means nothing. I mean nothing, you know, because yeah. it might just make you go, oh, hang on, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Because hopefully it is just fog and it can be lifted. So I don't know, ask someone, give them a fucking hug. Yeah. And I think it's it's also trying to bring this sort of mindset beyond mm. these, you know, issues, like, you know, these, um, instances where things happen right where it's like how do we 365 days a year have the mindfulness and the self-awareness to be thinking about these things rather Mm. than waiting for these terrible things in the world to happen and also like the, the the also the reality is that we we knew a character that was anthony bourdain yeah um and so that's you know there's a lot of people who were you know, his family, close friends, mm. colleagues, camera people dealing with him, yeah. working with him every day. Yeah. That's the people that I think about as well. I empathize with people who have people like that in their world, just, mm. you know, sticking in there. What more can you do? Just mm. being there for them if they need and mm. just loving them because what else can we do really? Yeah. Um, before we go, we have uh, some thank yous. Yeah, on the uh, on the email, hi at the daily talk show dot com. Kathleen, listening from London, so good has has been um, has been telling all of her friends 
all four of them at this point, but yeah, she's yeah, yeah. Slow, slowly no, but surely. she said she converted three to converted start three. listening. It sounds like a cult. Well, we are. We are a slight <laughs> cult. And we also got one from David Chiraz. Yeah, who's at Canberra FM. Yeah. He's a... Um, Juno. Yeah, having Juno. A, having a crack at the... Uh, com, com radio. Yeah. Commercial radio. Thanks, dude. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I like that you cleared that up. Not community radio. Com- <laughs> yeah, no, big difference, especially if you're having a crack. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Please uh, send those emails. Uh, always curious to to get your take on these things as well. Yeah, hundred um, percent. We've got uh, two guests for the next two days. So tomorrow we have uh, Rob Ward of uh, Quadlock, the Quad iPhone Lock. case, and uh, the day after we have Peter Shepherd, who is a creative coach and one of the coaches for the Alt MBA, which is the course that Seth Godin started. Yes. So, two meter a, Peter. Yeah, two meter Peter. He's a big, big boy. Two, uh, two meter tweeter on Twitter. Oh, is that but, he? Um, yeah, okay. yeah, he's really, I, I don't, man, he's done well with the brand. I like that. It's. I remember. I remember I, his name. I just typed in before to Google two meter Peter. Yeah. It, did he play footy ever? No, I don't think so. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Because there's a footy player that plays played for the Gold Coast, played for Gold Coast mm-hmm. or Greater Western Sydney, that was two meters and his name's Peter, and so he got Confusing. called two meter Peter. Slight confusion. It's fine. He's also known as the um, the human periscope, which is cool. He's got like a really cool logo, you know, like a periscope yeah, is yeah. a. I'm doing like a thing with my hand. Yeah. Anyway, the Daily Talk Show, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks, and, guys. Um, Love you. Hope you hope you're doing well. Bye.